You don't get points for being ambitious and failing. (laughs) What are your marks? Nobody remembers when you almost do something. Exactly. Wow. Yo, what's up? This is Marcus Lindsay. Hey, it's Mia. And Yannick. And you're listening to the Better Movie Maybe podcast. On this show, we review films based on their ideas, their concepts, and see if the execution stuck the landing. This is our season two finale episode. So, <laughs> so this episode, we're actually switching it up. We're doing something that we did in season one, bringing it back. This is the season two debate show. So for our season finale each of our reviewers is going to debate five different categories. We'll do a quick roundtable, some rebuttals, some jokes. Um, and this one we're doing a little different because there won't be a judge. You, the listener, will be the judge. There'll be a poll on Instagram where you can vote for who you think won, what category, and ultimately crown me as the debate champion. That's just a plug. If you ever want any more episodes of this, you'll let me win. <laughs> but we're all going to have a good time. Make sure that you you try to judge based on the creativity of the argument, the um, maybe the the originality, the any other criteria. I think just have a good time. Just vote for who you like if you want to. That's also acceptable. So let's hop into and it. And ladies always win. Throw that in there as well. Oh, okay. Okay. That's not a thing. This is 2021. (laughs) (laughs) You get in line like the rest of us. Um, So the rules are, I'll explain the rules as we go along, but this is basically how the show will go. We'll have five rounds with five different categories. Each reviewer picks an answer based on the movies that we saw in season two only. Um, So we had a list of how many movies that we watched this season? Like... 12 13 12, um so we have a list to choose from um the categories really don't matter the answers don't matter because they're all over the place so just judge do your best we'll all be trying our, our hardest to win but each reviewer gets one minute to answer the question and kind of give their their point as to why they think that was the correct answer or the winner of that category then we'll do quick rebuttals for about another minute and then just open it up to a free-for-all for the last five six minutes from there we'll stop after the time is over and move to the next category once again you the listener get to vote for who you think is going to be the winner of each category so let's uh let's open this up are you guys excited for this so excited <laughs> thrilled <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm excited because I didn't get to play last time. So it's kind of weird. You said what? You didn't want to play. I told you you should play. I didn't want to play last time. I was scared. You guys were crushing it. (laughs) All right. Let's start off. Let me get a timer ready. Our first category, and we're going to start with Mia. This is Pitch the Unnecessary Prequel. Let's get it. All right. So we had Army of the Dead, which left us wondering, who is this quirky German guy? And we got a prequel to that called Army of Thieves, where we learned his real name was Sebastian, and now he had this quest to unlock three safes. 
but how did he even get good at cracking safes? I give you the prequel to the prequel, Army of Geeks. In this, we meet Sebastian. He has some friends, they all work at a bank. They just sip hard cider after work and they spin the knob on the giant vault in the basement of the bank and situations ensue. I will let you guys do your movies and I will get more in depth about this riveting prequel to the prequel. I'm excited because you had a title and everything ready. <laughs> I was just going to pick the same movie. All right. So um, let's see what I got. I got the unnecessary prequel is Night Books. I uh, didn't have a title, but I'm just going to call it Day Books because that <laughs> that seems to make the most sense. So in this story, uh, we met this witch in the, in the in the movie that we watched season two. The witch had kidnapped some kids had them in this weird house in an alternate dimension. The prequel to this is the story of how the witch became the witch. Because spoiler alert, she used to be a little girl or something and then learned to get magical candy witch powers. And uh, somebody probably wants to see how that happened. So there we go. Day books. Now that's an awful name. Night book zero. (laughs) (laughs) Who could top that? So I guess it's my turn. Um, The prequel that we don't need, but would be great to see, is the prequel to King Richard. So recently, um, Venus and Serena's half-sister came out talking some trash about Mr. Richard Williams. I'm going to read you some quotes. She said, uh, my mom and dad He's argue about how he was a serial cheater. That was the main thing they talked about. He only talks about himself and just uses his kids to get what he needs. My mom told me that he's never, okay. So uh, when she was eight, he, he abandoned the family telling her that he was going to the store to buy her a bicycle. And she was like, my mom said later that he's never coming back. We went from having everything to nothing. Um, I thought I was my dad's favorite and he loved me. This made her suicidal. Uh, when she was in college, she asked for a thousand dollars and he said he'll give it to her as a loan. So um, this story is a story about a man who doesn't really give a shit about people um, and who travels around the country. Oh, another one that I missed is that he, uh, she said, I know there's more siblings. I've been told there's between 15 and 19 all over the place from LA to Louisiana. So this would be the exploits of King Richard. (laughs) I might be in the minority, but I want to see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) He went out to buy me a bike and he's not coming back. That killed me. That's tough. All right, be a rebuttal. All right, so Daybooks, it's an awful title, as you pointed out yourself. It's a working title. Uh, <laughs> working title. Um, a little girl who steals the witch's magical candy from, and I just don't see the entertainment there. Like, it's not, 
like we have Hansel and Gretel and this movie was kind of a play into that but I don't think it's anything and then just Yannick like that yours was a good one (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) so I don't think his was a great one or a good one it was it was it was fine it was actually I do want to see that movie a little bit but so to go back at me, I don't even remember what yours was. Daybooks. No, Daybooks sticks to my head so much. So the <laughs> reason why... Army of Geeks. Nope. The reason why Daybooks <laughs> is the movie you want to see. Um, Army of Geeks is just an extra chance on a movie that already failed, right? We already had Army of Thieves be the prequel to one. We already It didn't work. Why go back any further? It wasn't popular to begin with. Nobody's into it. What, who else is going to be on this team? This was Army of Geeks. Army of Thieves was Army of Geeks. Nobody cares. Um, and then King Richard, we already had the issue of King Richard being a character that was severely unlikable. And then Yannick decides to let's double down and make a, <laughs> another a two-hour movie about a guy that people didn't like and have them sit there. It, yeah, I don't, I don't think we, we need to go in that direction with somebody that we we don't like already and say let's do let's go even further back to some more unlikable things um so army of thieves was was actually one of the ones that i didn't see i was absent that episode Mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to rebut that um but i will say that uh based on the trailer i had no interest in seeing army of thieves (laughs) so i probably wouldn't have any interest in seeing army of geeks (laughs) Um, as far as day books, I think I think that one kind of fails because the prequel was kind of part of the story. It, it's like how he's he goes through each books and like he's seeing the, the story of the person who like uh, he, it's a kid who I guess figures something out. I forgot what it was. I don't, I don't really care. But it was already in the movie. So I feel like we kind of got that story already. All right. Free for all. I don't like your smug face right now, Yannick. You had a good one, but I don't like the fact that you're just so comfortable in your lead there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna attack your movie some more. Okay, um, let's do it. I feel like that casting would be very difficult to try to include all 19 of those children. <laughs> then we just have a Wayne's, which is the Wayne's brothers movie, basically. Wow. So that's way too many people to keep up with. Um, the Wayans young... brothers. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the kids though, it would be the women. It would be all the moms. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't want to see that. Okay. Um, him going back to the bayou of Louisiana. <laughs> I didn't ask for that part of the story to see him putting the Mac down on all these women. Like it would, it would explain the accent though. <laughs> Nothing explains that accent. <laughs> nothing so army army of geeks like once again it was a movie that didn't army of thieves was a movie that wasn't necessary so for you to double down and say we need a prequel to a movie that wasn't necessary that was a prequel to a movie that wasn't good at all what what are are we doing but did did didn't army of thieves answer questions that you had in army of dead like you were wondering about this man's backstory no it answered why did i watch either of these movies and the reason why they were trash 
and that's what it, it did it said what's what were you doing with your life it left you breadcrumbs that you still needed answers to as to why he would come up with another name from sebastian to ludwig nobody and even so, knew he had two names in our in army of the dead exactly there's so, there's so many things we didn't explore in those two movies They're we layers. have to do another prequel <laughs> exactly there are late remember that guy who was in the safe um contest at the beginning and we're like why does he have so much animosity spoiler alert he's going to be an army of geeks so you want to know how he his backstory okay. okay yeah i don't there you go okay um i think king the king richard story um unlike day books uh, just doesn't really have an excitement factor to it I mean, this is, mm. you're pitching something that is on daytime trash TV of you are not the father and you are the father. <laughs> I've seen it. You know, you watch an episode of Maury. This is King Richard. This is the prequel you want is King Richard saying, oh, those are my kids. These aren't my kids. In a mm. weird slave voice that Will Smith's going to do. <laughs> you know, I'm not into it. I'm not into Deadshot telling me like, oh, these is my kids. And then I went out to get that, uh, get <laughs> buy my babies a bicycles and people's. I don't, I don't care. Open stance. I don't care about this. This isn't a movie. This isn't day books. Day books has magic. Day books has other things besides magic, like books in the sure. daytime. It has a can a witch made out of candy. Those little because, shredder things. Yeah, the little shredder things that like were way too scary to be in that movie. Yeah. You also have the fact that the witch that was at the end of night books was way scarier than the witch that was in the movie Kristen Ritter or Kirsten Ritter. I can't remember how to say her name, but the actual witch that came out that was like made out of candy and looked like something from a Sam Raimi movie. That's terrifying. That's a good villain, a good monster to have in a movie, not, you know, Hey, let's have this German guy meet up with another ragtag team. Like he did in the movie after how many ragtag teams can you join in your lifetime? How many teams We're talking armies here? So there's lots, there's room for lots of ragtag. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> lots of ragtagging. So I'll say that, you know, if, if you have a movie um, where somebody cheats, it's usually kind of like one of the main plot points. So it's only going to happen mm -hmm. once. How often do you get a movie where he cheats 19 times? Huh? <laughs> That's unique. <laughs> That's rare. I must say, I don't think I've seen that before, Yannick. I'm not going to lie to you. My teams. <laughs> mm. I mean, but what, what else, where does that movie go? I think that prequel doesn't, to me, doesn't answer any questions that I didn't already get the answers to in the actual King Richard movie. The wife goes on this whole monologue and talks about how you, you abandon your families. I mean, sure, they didn't get in specifics, but she told us his story and he told us his story in the movie and i think the movie was made so that we could skip all that stuff so why go dig it back up we're not archaeologists here explain you know? why he's such an asshole you know he wasn't really fighting for them he was kind of fighting for himself and we missed that and so we need this prequel i hate the, the delivery that yannick has <laughs> right for saying. some reason i believe him and i was like <laughs> i was like i swear i don't need this movie <laughs> Any last, any last thoughts? Is Daybook the movie that you want to see? Visually, I heard no 
No. No. Visually, Army of Geeks will top a prequel of both King Richard exploits and day books because there was no cool cinematography in either of those movies. And Army of Thieves had that. And we're going to double down on even more cool cinematography with the safes. We're going to watch more safes being open. You know you were bored after the first safe. No one needs to see how many safes you can open in a movie. They don't get more interesting. Turn the knob. Turn the dial again. Open it. That's it. Really carefully. (laughs) Right. This time goes slower. (laughs) I don't think you can raise the stakes any higher than they were. Because at this point... You have a prequel that was like a zombie zombie apocalypse movie. Then you went back in time and went, oh, they're just robbing safes. Now you're just going to go back to just nothing. There's no stakes anymore. If you go backwards from zombies, there's nothing more exciting than that. Aren't the greatest heist movies, do those have zombies in them? Ocean's Eleven had plenty of zombies. (laughs) (laughs) Director's cut. (laughs) All right, I rest my case. Wait, so... Did it did not have zombies in it? It had zero opinion? zombies in it. Oh, okay. See? Trash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That was pitch the unnecessary sequel or prequel. Sorry. Pitch the unnecessary prequel. Um, with that one, we had Mia suggested an army of thieves prequel. I suggested a nightbooks prequel, and Yannick suggested a King Richard prequel. All right, so you, the listeners, you decide. Let's move on to the next category. This category is the 2000s recast. This category, the way we play it, is each reviewer gets one movie to recast based on a cast using 2000 popular year 2000s actors. So that decade, 2000 to 2010. So you have to recast the main stars, not necessarily the whole movie, but the main stars of that movie so that they would fit in a 2000s timeline. Um, I'll start with this category and we can work our way around. All right, let me see if I remember who I had on this cast. So my movie was Till Death. Um, Recasting Till Death in a 2000s timeline. I have Emma Webster, which was Megan Fox's character being played by Jennifer Lopez. Um, then I have Mark Webster being played by Ben Affleck. It just makes sense. It just makes sense. Um, I got Bobby Ray, who was the, the convict guy being played by Josh Brolin. I have Tom, who was the side chick man <laughs> being played by none other than Tay Diggs, mm-hmm. who is a human side chick man. He just seems like the guy. <laughs> And then the little brother, Jimmy Ray, is being played by Matt Damon. That's my cast. It's great. It's 2000s is all get out. It just makes sense. All right, Yannick, you're up. All right, my recast. I'm recasting the film Red Notice. I believe that, uh, what's his name? Bluth? Bluth? Booth. Ryan Reynolds' character. Should be played by Jackie Chan. I think that uh, The Rock should be replaced with Jason Statham and uh, Gal Gadot's character should be played by Angelina Jolie. I picked these characters for the oh, oh, wait, did we just say it right? 
Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, that's it. All right. So for my characters, I did like right at the turn of the millennium. So this is like 99, 2000, cash money taking over. So <laughs> for my movie, I picked Kate. Okay. Starring Sarah Michelle Geller, Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself. Okay. Uh, Varric, which was the Woody Harrelson characters, starring Ed Harris, which if you don't know the name, that he was in uh, Apollo 13. They look alike. So- <laughs> they're, just, they're just balding white dudes. <laughs> yes. um, That's a good pick, though. For, for, Ren- for Renji, which was the... Um, main antagonist of the you know taking over the yakuza. japanese yakuza um i have that being played by wesley snipes and <laughs> it's it's a spin we're doing a spin um in a way the, the niece annie in that movie will be played by raven simone and Dojima, which was the boyfriend that in the apartment that was with the fight sequence, I also had Jackie Chan. And then for the old Yakuza guy, that would be named, played by, I don't know his real name, I forgot to look it up, but Mr. Biagi from the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. All right rebuttal so um i think both of your casts are pretty cool there's some definitely some cool ups and downs to this casting i'll start with mia's um so is the main antagonist you said is wesley snipes so is wesley snipes jackie chan's boyfriend in this movie just roommates because if we're talking early early 2000s yeah they were ready for that just roommates they were undercover but just roommates also will they be explaining why jackie why Wesley Snipes is the head of the Japanese Yakuza. <laughs> I mean, Blade could have, do it. Blade right, could definitely do it. Right, it is Blade. They, they'll have a throwaway line about how the bloodline is tainted because he's in there, <laughs> but... He's all the way black. <laughs> <laughs> I think at a certain point, tainted, <laughs> there's, a, there's a level of gradient that has to be in the word tainted. <laughs> He's my color black. You don't accidentally. <laughs> but anyways, um, all right. So that casting, I thought Ed Harris was a good choice because he he's that guy that when you put in a movie, he's the bad guy every time. Like even when he's mm-hmm. like the good dad at the beginning of the movie, like he's gonna kill that family. <laughs> um Yannick's movie, that's definitely a 2000s cast. Um, I like the addition of of uh, Angelina Jolie that makes it 100% 2000. But I think Jackie Chan doesn't work in that role because the movie is not going to be funny with him and Jason Statham. I don't think it works. You need somebody funny to to mm-hmm. kind of bring that out. Wait, Red Notice was funny? Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, I found it to be a movie. All right, you're up, Yannick. Um, 
the the problem with uh ben affleck and j-lo is that he loves her too much it's not believable that he could ever do something like that to her and then she's dragging his body around i just i don't buy it um okay and as far as um kate uh with the 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 cast that you have um it makes a situation where jackie chan is fighting sarah michelle geller right Mm -hmm. so that's that's also like incredibly unbelievable (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like in the movie they they seem like they could probably be a good match you know he's like kind of this uh, you know a feminine guy and you know she's like Mm -hmm. a tomboyish kind of person but um and then wait who'd you have for annie uh raven oh, raven oh yeah throw that movie away <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know about that what does she oh man annie has like this this cuteness you know and i feel like really... hey, well, y'all... Oh, no go ahead go ahead you know that's you know that's just my uh, my opinion go ahead all Your right turn. um i'll wait to defend my movie later on let me talk about you guys' picks you might want to start um, defending it now Okay, well, so to rebut the cuteness of Raven, Simone, I don't believe, y'all, did y'all not watch how cute and adorable she was on the Cosby show and her little, like, sass wisecracking? Was that the year 2000s, Raven? No, that was, that was definitely 90s. That was, but the 2000s, she was in Xenon and she was the cute sidekick in that one. She's adorable. I don't know why you can't see that. Is it because she's black? Are you guys being upset? <laughs> That's what we're that gonna think... do here. No, I'm just saying Boy. you guys had a problem. You had a problem that I put Wesley Snipes as a mob boss of the Yakuza when I'm, you know, it's 2000. We can do anything. The millennium. <laughs> <laughs> like she had to, she had to sell that she was like a little girl. Like she was kind of tall for it, but like, like that whole scene where she had. Where like she doesn't want to shoot because, well, I guess we we're not open up yet, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So, so go, let me just ahead, say real quick. Go let for me it. just say real quick what I didn't see believable with you guys' casting. Um, again, I'm gonna pick you back off of Jackie Chan, and um, you need someone. Even if Red Notice was not a comedy, you need somebody that can deliver lines a little better than Jackie Chan. Like he's not known for his dialogue. He's known for his fighting. And how much fighting was there in Red Notice by the Booth character? And then for Till Death, good pick with Jennifer Lawrence. I mean, not Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Lopez. Everyone else, eh. I'll just leave it there. All right, let's open it up. Um, <clears throat> I, I forgot that for the younger brother, Matt Damon doesn't work at all. Matt Damon's like, <laughs> that's Jason Bourne. <laughs> you know, he's not like the squeaky little annoying little brother. I thought it was just a perfect play because Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in every movie together. And I think it works. In the 2000s, <laughs> they're so, constantly in each movie. Yeah. If, mm-hmm. if you had Ben Affleck as the older brother, maybe. But you have the older brother as Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin. Uh, they wouldn't have that same dynamic, you know. Yeah, I don't know about Matt Damon in that role. You need someone who's a little more squirrely, like a 
Like I'm not gonna. Damon I'm not gonna cast the movie for you, but not him. <laughs> Look, the Jennifer. Like we're not gonna Lo- do your job for you, okay? The Jennifer right. Lopez, Ben Affleck is spot on. Give me that. That's fire because it works for the actual era. This is basically Geely Part Geely. Two. <laughs> All right. After they got married, this is Geely. This is Geely Part Two. Because the twist hits even harder. Because in this movie, when Megan Fox or whatever, when this happens, her husband, you're like, oh, that's crazy. But if you have an actual A-list star shoot himself in the face 15 minutes into a movie, mm. you're like, oh, wow, this movie is about to go in. And then you throw some Tay Diggs in there, you know, because Tay mm. Diggs, am I right? Morris Chestnut. Mm. Morris Chestnut's too imposing, so I couldn't pick him. So I went with Tay Diggs because he's a really nice guy and he seems like he would open the door for some white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Valid. <laughs> but I think going back to Red Notice, um, I think the I think Jackie Chan brings the movie down with the casting. Mm-hmm. Like I think Jason Statham fills that rock role. It's fine because you're just you're just a, a wall of a man with no hair. Got it. And then Angelina Jolie, I think, makes Gal Gadot's role better because she's like the sexy character and she's an assassin. She's played that before, but. Jackie Chan to me doesn't fit because he doesn't he doesn't replace the part that's missing now because you've added those two characters that fit and now you just have a guy that does martial arts and you're missing the wise the quick talking the con artist like Jackie Chan's not a con artist character Mm -hmm. I don't see that Mm -hmm. if you wanted to put Jackie Chan against Chris Tucker and make like a rush hour four situation okay so rush hour was actually a funny movie because and, of Chris he, Tucker. Because of Chris Tucker, not because of because, Jackie Chan. Sure, sure. But <laughs> what this casting provides is the opportunity to make an actual heist movie where they're actually doing okay. stunts, heists. You have Jason Statham and Jackie Chan in this like weird um, contentious relationship, you know, where they're trying to work together, but at the same like it starts off chasing each other but then they work together i feel like those two guys would have the chemistry on camera and then angelina jolie and another reason why i pick these people because they all do their own stunts so you could you could have some real good action scenes with these guys and jackie chan he's he's a leading man he can he can he can play any role in any movie he's that guy that's the guy you get that's absolutely false (laughs) not not any role in any could he be any any action any action movie i know jackie chan is king richard yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so going back to Kate, there were a lot of spot on casting. Sarah Michelle Geller, like she is probably one of the only females of the era that was actually like fighting multiple uh villains as a as a vampire slayer. So that would be a perfect no, casting I got, choice. I got right you. There. I got you. I could beat that. Instead of Sarah Michelle Geller, you put Mia Jokovic in there. You know what I'm saying? From Fifth Element, from Resident Evil. She's that person. She's from the Ultraviolet? Really? Exactly. Has Sarah Michelle Gellar made an Ultraviolet? I don't think so. <laughs> she wasn't approached. <laughs> she turned it down. Right. <laughs> um, Mr. Miyagi as the old Yakuza that's just boss? Racist. That's just No. <laughs> that's just okay, problematic. Tell me, tell me you don't want to see a showdown between Blade and Mr. Miyagi in the little box because Blade over here, Blade uses a sword 
His name so... is Wesley Snipes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wesley Wes Wesley Snipes would crumple up Mr. Miyagi like a little paper all paper day, ball. every day. That's you not think a fight. that, but wax on, wax on, beats all of that. <laughs> oh, and the point I was making about Raven is that, like, she, like, the scene where Kate doesn't want to um, take the shot because there's like a little kid in, in the area. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think like Raven in the 2000s wouldn't have been able to play like the. Like, if Raven comes out the car, it's not going to be like, oh, I can't shoot because there's a kid there. You know, Kate's taking that shot. <laughs> it's going through Raven to hit the dad. <laughs> She's taking that shot. All right. Uh, final thoughts. Maybe one minute. Okay. So, Raven aside, this casting was flawless. We had some diversity in there because I think that would have helped the movie. And we have a spectrum of talent. That is going to make the movie riveting to watch. So, yeah, mm. take that. <laughs> Regarding Jackie Chan and his line de- delivery, I feel like that point is moot because what we had was a person who only delivered lines one way. So you would have ended up with the same kind of issue. So this is definitely <laughs> an improvement because he's actually an action star. I just like Jennifer and been on the same screen at the same time. So I just I just put them until that. I just sure. thought it made sense. And that's all I got. All right. So that was 2000s recast. Vote for who you think won that category. Let's move on. Yannick, you start this one off. This one is best plot twist. The best plot twist was hands down the guilty simply because it was the one plot just twist in like the whole season that I honestly didn't see coming. It was, you know, he, he, when he realizes that they're going to the mental hospital where she used to be a patient, that's when you realize that she's the issue, right? That it's not, it's not the guy she's with. So for that reason, the guilty. Oh, I, I didn't need to explain it, did I? Or did I? No, yeah, you can explain it. Oh, no, okay. we'll, we'll come back. <laughs> So my pick, am I next? Yes. Okay. So my pick for the best plot twist was The Harder They Fall. Because a lot of movies will give you a plot twist that you see coming from a mile away that didn't fall in this category. Or when the plot twist is revealed, there's like, it doesn't make sense looking back at the movie you're like I don't see how that fits in there's a bunch of plot holes this one when they introduced this you didn't know that it was happening and so Idris Elba's character was three-fourths into his monologue and you were like oh shoot and you're realizing that he was the son of they were brothers like that was bananas so for that reason the fact that you didn't see it coming like I don't think anyone Yannick you said that the guilty was the only one you didn't see coming. I don't think you saw the hard they fall coming. I didn't. So yeah. for that reason, and <laughs> for it still not making any plot holes, that's my pick. The harder they fall. All right. So I guess those are those are decent plot twists if you've if you've never seen a movie before. But if you want plot twists, you want socks being blown off your feet. 
heads exploding. You got to go with Sweet Girl. Sweet Girl had the coldest plot twist out of all these movies because you weren't ready. You didn't see this coming the whole time. You're watching this movie. You're like, Jason Momoa is on revenge mission. He's beating people down. There's murder. There's explosions. And then all of a sudden you get to this twist and you're like, Fifth, it was a it was a sixth sense type twist. He was dead the whole time. What? Sick. That's a plot twist. When the movie goes off, you're like, wow. Now you have to go back and look at it because you're like, wow. Now it makes so much sense. Jason Momoa was dead the whole time. It was a little girl flipping people. That's crazy. Sweet girl, best plot twist, season two. Mic drop. We're out. I'm still here. <laughs> All right, Yannick, rebuttals. So, um, concerning Sweet Girl. Yes. Uh, I think the plot twists, um, you didn't see it coming, but it didn't really make much sense. The fact that this little girl is, is doing what Jason Momoa <laughs> it was putting all his effort into doing, that she's doing all that, I don't buy it um the harder they fall um i kind of wasn't really paying attention to that. <laughs> um it like wasn't really my like favorite movie and so um um that's my bad that's on me um or is it the movie's fault mm. who knows interesting um so I'll go, I'll piggyback off of, uh, well, first off, I'm surprised that your pick was Sweet Girl. I thought you would be, do your favorite of Malignant being the best plot twist. Like I was, I was sure you're coming with that. So. That wasn't a plot twist at all. <laughs> that was the plot. The plot was <laughs> face on the back of head. <laughs> so yeah, I had some points to knock that down because I was sure you're going to pick that. You so ready to I fight gotta... Malignant? You can fight, yeah, it. Ready. fight it now. It's just as good as Sweet Girl. <laughs> Why didn't you like Malignant, huh? <laughs> but anyways, Sweet Girl, like Yannick said, it wasn't believable that this little girl was keeping up. And then for The Guilty, it just made a bunch of like plot holes because you were like, why didn't he just, why didn't he call the police? Like, that doesn't make any sense. So, and other questions, but yeah. <laughs> that's just one question. I said others. I didn't want to take all the time, but there were other questions. Oh, that's a good, that's a good tactic. I have other things I could say, but we'll run out of time. <laughs> um, I also have things that could knock these arguments down, but I won't mention them now for the sake of time. <laughs> <laughs> um first of all the harder they fall great movie loved it black excellence plot twist was terrible because it was unnecessary and it didn't change anything in the context of the movie idris alba killing the guy at the beginning whether it's random whether he's his brother whether he's his barber it didn't matter it was still it's a revenge movie the twist of him being the brother, if it came up earlier, could have added some tension. But five seconds before the movie goes off to be like, oh, by the way, I'm your brother and I'm dead. That's the end of the movie. There's no, twi there's no twist. There's nothing to resonate on. Like with Sweet Girl, you kind of get that twist and you're like, oh, and then the movie continues. And now you see it from a different perspective, which makes it 
build on that. Oh, okay, now we can go back and see. With um, with Yannick's movie, the guilty, I guess it was a decent twist, uh, but I, I would go along the lines of what Mia said. It, it kind of just raised questions to me. It broke the movie where you're like, all right, there are a lot of steps you take before you get to this point in your, you know, kidnapping or trying to drop your, not kidnapping, but dropping your wife off at a mental institution after she like stabbed a baby. Like there are all these levels where you're like, for the sake of the twist, that guy made every wrong decision possible so that this movie could keep going. And so I couldn't get with it. Um, yeah, it was a twist, but it was a twist based on if somebody could make every wrong decision back to back to back to back to back and then constantly make the wrong decision like let his crazy or men, i won't use crazy his mentally um his mentally unstable. Child, unstable wife call somebody be on the phone while he's in the car the entire time um like those things didn't add up when you come back to the point where he's like oh i'm just dropping her off like where was she sitting that she was on the phone having a full conversation with jake Gyllenhaal? was she in the back of a truck what so I can get with that twist. Um, it wasn't as good as Sweet Girl, where you find out that this girl was uh, just flexing on people, which they explained. Um, they showed her fighting MMA and she was beating up men. Also, she she did. She flipped the guy. She a, fought the a coach. Man. Uh -huh. a, a man. Okay. A man. But yeah, so I think they explained it. It wasn't. It wasn't as far fetched. If you go back and see it, it wasn't as far fetched as you think it was. She wasn't like spearing people or power bombing people through cars she was outsmarting people so another i think another good point of a plot twist is does it make the movie better and i know you said the harder they fall that it didn't add anything um but i would say the same thing with sweet girl like i think the way we were originally watching it with jason momoa just getting revenge on his wife that's a better movie than deciding to have it from the perspective of the little girl like that, that doesn't add anything for me. I think there's a better story in the love between a husband mourning his wife than the girl who's just, I guess she, she lost also it. Mourning. Also mourning her family. Also, but <laughs> not the same type of love. Oh, okay. A <laughs> love for a father and mother. All right. <laughs> and then, and then for the guilty, that's another one where it was like this twist came and it wasn't a better movie. It was like, it would have been cool if it really was a kidnapping and that he was trying to save, because then that would have some redemption into him spending all this time, ignoring other people's calls because he was actually doing some good to help somebody kidnap. Instead, he just got in the way of this woman getting help. So both of them, both the husband and the guy on the phone, were just messing up the situation. So yeah, it wasn't a good place to be for that either. I don't know. You're really trying to make this the harder they fall plot bigger than it was. It was that twist was four minutes deep, and all it was was, hey, I tried getting revenge once. Don't get revenge. We got that already, sir. The movie is over. It was like as soon as he said that, it was roll credits, and I was like, that's not a twist, man. You gotta let us res. You gotta let us get into that twist you got to feel it sweet girl let you feel it because they started the movie remember they started the movie and the lady was like hey yo stop and you're like what's happening why is jason momoa up here and then you find out oh it wasn't jason momoa it was this girl the entire time that's the twist that's what's crazy about it you go back and you're like this girl was beating people and then i think 
something that you guys were like, oh, I don't believe that she was like fighting people and beating people up. That movie didn't have that much of her like hand to hand fighting people. She did a little home alone trick thing in the hotel. She was, I think she did jump out the window and hit somebody at one point, but that was she momentum. also jumped off and she also jumped off of a into water like 50 feet into a river. She's Dora She's the not- Explorer, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Have you not seen an episode of Dora the Explorer? This is this is light work. <laughs> <laughs> Must have changed since I've watched it. <laughs> they should have just made the movie with her the whole time. You know, it took it, if you want me to believe that she can do all that stuff, show show her doing all that stuff. They did at the end when she uh, fought the assassin and beat him hand to hand. She drowned a full-grown man. <laughs> with her and she bare heard hands. she heard sweet girl whispered, which gave her power to be over to overcome. That happens to that me was- all the time. <laughs> sweet boy. <laughs> sweet boy doesn't sound as good. I don't like that. <laughs> that made me very uncomfortable whispering <laughs> it to myself. Sweet boy. <laughs> uh, ah, it doesn't, doesn't hit the same. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the guilty, so I would say, like, there's not um, not that many questions. Like, you know, he thought that she was on the phone with her daughter, right? That's normal. Um, he was taking her to, a pl- he said that the police don't help. When you call them, they don't get help. So he's taking her to the one place where, you know, she'll get help, that she's gotten help before. And it's really a, an introspective movie. It's about Jake Jono. It's about his experience. And so that twist brought it to an, an emotional level um, that I don't think we saw in any other film this season. Except Sweet Girl. Boom. Mia, did he win you over? I don't think he won. No, he didn't. I don't, was... don't let his no. smooth voice <laughs> sway you into believing anything he says. So going back to my movie, The Harder They Fall, yes, yes it came. yes, it came late. But it was so nuanced. I know Yannick fell asleep, so he can't rebut the beauty of the monologue of when this was revealed. And for Nat Love, Jonathan Major's character, his his reaction to that changed the entire thing. Yes, there's only a couple minutes left, but for him to now question his whole existence, it was like inception level. Like they planted that the person he was going after this entire time was actually his brother. Like his whole outlook on life has changed. Like when he at, when they asked like, okay, did you did you win or whatever? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. They stole that line from Infinity War when young Gamora was like, did you do it? How much did it cost and everything? We already heard that. That's not a twist. The twist, and I think with the twist, um, and I guess we can do final thoughts too. With a twist, I think the size of the twist also matters. Um, I think being able to say like, oh, wow. Like what they wanted was a Luke, I'm your father type twist when he said, I'm your brother. That didn't hit like that. I know you felt it hit like that because you're like, oh, the introspective, da, 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 da. but it didn't hit like that because there was nothing leading up to it. The two of them weren't even like, rival rivals the whole movie they talked about it but they never met till the very end of this movie and it was just like hey by the way i'm your brother and it's just like ah didn't hit like that the guilty once again too many questions before that to make too many things had to line up 
perfectly wrong for that twist to work. And so I was just like, didn't work for me. Plus that movie, I wasn't feeling that movie, period. <laughs> that that kind of doesn't help either. But any other thoughts on anything? We'll move to the next round. All right. Let's do next category. All right, Mia, you're up first. This is the multiverse category. Um, in this category, we take two movies and kind of connect the dots as to how they could possibly be in the same universe. So two movies from season two, time together, multiverse style. How are these possibly, where do they, do they intersect at all? Are they prequels, sequels? How do they work together? All right. So in the movie Malignant, we're introduced to Madison, who had a tumor on the back of her head that was also her brother named Gabriel. Mm -hmm. And in this movie, we think this is the first time that Gabriel has gone on this murder spree. However, he's escaped once before, back when they lived in a rural town in Nebraska. She was a teenager during the time of the movie, There's Someone in Your House. There's somebody in your house. The reason, if you recall in that movie, the murdered, the murderer that they revealed as the rich kid, it didn't really make sense because he wasn't. It was actually Gabriel the entire time, but he was having it all played out in a dream while Madison was sleeping. There's lots of clues in there, which I'll get into, but it works. I think I'm going to end every point with it works because <laughs> that was that was a smooth finesse just to be like I said a lot of things trust me look it up women can throw buses <laughs> when they get stressed women throw buses and children and stuff um the two movies that I felt tied together perfectly even though I was pooping on this movie a second ago I think uh the guilty until death work in the same universe um i think it's one of those you have this first responder who's picking up phone calls and on the other side of this call you get a megan good who's trying to explain how she's trapped in the house with her husband who's handcuffed to himself while jake gyllenhaal is trying to figure out how to and i think just adding these movies together just makes a really cool movie but you have jake gyllenhaal trying to figure it out now the part that you add to that is like the backstory that we had in the guilty with Jake Gyllenhaal and like the shooting or something that happened. But in this one, you have him arresting the guy that supposedly, or that did like assault Megan Fox and then accidentally getting him off because he didn't follow procedures. And that's what gets him sent to the desk. And now he's trying to prevent this man from coming back to kill Megan Fox that he made a mistake and got set free. So the guilty till death, same universe. All right. <clears throat> I have uh, Kate and Sweet Girl in the same universe. So these are happening, these are happening simultaneously on two different sides of the world. But you have uh, you have Ray from Sweet Girl. She goes off, you know, uh, to uh, an unknown location at the end and then um in kate you have annie right and so what you have is a situation where they actually meet up and because they're both badasses 
they um, they take down. Um, <laughs> Russia. All of it. They take down all of Russia. <laughs> I'm, leaving, I'm leaving that dramatic pause in there. Good, good, good. <laughs> I was on the edge of my seat. And they take, <laughs> they take down. I was like, who? Uh, how long? How long before you realized I didn't know where I was going? <laughs> like I was like, uh huh, uh huh, Russia. <laughs> All right. All right. Mia, how do you rebut these? I don't know. These are these make so much sense to me. <laughs> All right. So that crossover of Kate and Sweet Girl, nobody asked for that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> so I'm just gonna leave that there. Um the guilty and tilt death. Like, yeah, it could be kind of interesting, but are you telling me that all of Till Death is going to play out while we're watching Jake Gyllenhaal? Like, we don't get to see any of the visuals. It's just him on the phone as <laughs> and you're not yes. That's just as boring as the original. Like, we don't need that crossover if you're taking out all of the cool visuals of the corpse being dragged around. I do want to finish up my movie because I didn't okay. get to. Go for it. Um, so, yeah. Back when Madison was a teenager, Gabriel escaped and was doing all the murders. This was before he knew how to walk backwards. So that's why he was wearing a mask, killing everyone. This was also why there were weird timelines as to why his school closed for two days, three weeks, whatever. That's because Madison was asleep and Gabriel was going on his rampage. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, it was like, why are there no adults in this movie? Because if this is playing out in the teenager's mind, they're so like into themselves, they don't really think of portraying adults in this dream sequence setup. It was just the cool kids from school that he portrayed for her to believe while she was dreaming. You know I love some malignant fan fiction, so <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that for a little bit. So with with that crossover or with that, those two being in the same universe, I think the the original movies kind of mess with that for the simple fact that the the procedure that they pushed when they pushed Gabriel's face back into her skull happened when she was younger. So if you're like, oh yeah, it popped out again in Nebraska, then they pushed it back in and then she became this again. All right, we got a little bit, we got some loops, some holes there that we gotta that we gotta put together. Secondly, um I think Gabriel's a way more violent person than the guy that was in. Oh, don't, never mind. Wait, I do remember this movie. It was pretty terrible. Pretty violent. They're yeah. pretty violent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Gabriel, the walking backwards is key. Like without the walking backwards, I can't get with anything. I needed to see some more walking backwards. But the dream sequence covers that a bit. So I like that. Um, I think with Kate and Sweet Girl fighting Russia. <laughs> Um, working title, of course. Um, I mean, they can take like, on anybody, really. With those like two, Kate and Sweet Girl fight The Rock. Solid movie. Um, I don't know. I think I'm along the lines of Mia, where it's like I don't know these two movies if they if they link up at all. I think with Kate, she has the the actual assassin type stuff versus 
um, I don't. What's sweet girl's name that I keep calling her? Sweet Ray. Girl? Ray. And for Cooper. Kate, he's talking about Annie. He wants Annie and Ray. They're like the same age. They, they oh, have like a little then I definitely movie. am not interested. Little buddy I'm movie sorry, between yeah, the two Kate, girls. Kate did die. Yeah. Um. No, I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no, nope, I hate that. Um, especially because they're fighting Russia for some reason. Like that's way they, over they, Annie's they head. They can fight anybody. Could, no, you, know. you said Russia, so we're just going to play. It, we're going to play the hand that was dealt. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think with that movie, you're taking the the lesser interesting character from the movie and trying to branch off with it. And I was like, Kate was interesting. You can argue that like the the Yakuza boyfriend guy was interesting. And I would never argue that Annie was like my third or fourth favorite character to, to kind of build that universe or go somewhere with it. And I might take make an exception if Jason Momoa, if if Jason Momoa is Ray the entire time. <laughs> if we just go back to him just being a giant man, but he dresses like Ray the entire time. That's funny. I mean, what y'all, what, what's anybody else got rebuttals before we open um, it up? There's someone in your house is the other movie that I was absent for. Oh, uh, Yanni, come on I know, now. I know, um, I know. Adult <laughs> things to do. <clears throat> but, <laughs> but um, yeah, Gabriel in Nebraska. Do I want to see it? You know, he's killing kids. I mean, I assume that's what happens in that movie. Kids. Yeah, right? it's yeah. it's Scream Junior. <laughs> right. Um. I don't know. Yeah, it, it would have to be backwards. It would have to be that absurd <laughs> ridiculousness, you know, for it to for it to really work. As far as uh, the guilty and uh, till death. I mean, I I I feel like there's potential there i don't know if, i don't know if it's i don't know if it's how the situation where you have it where i guess the guy gets away if it was something where like jake gyllenhaal shows up on the scene and he he wants to punish somebody right that's that's what he's talking about in his movie you know mm. he, he kills some, somebody or i don't know <laughs> maybe maybe uh maybe when, if you recast uh them with like the younger kids then because he in the because jake gyllenhaal's character kills a kid mm. so maybe there's someone in your house and uh <laughs> the guilty would be a better uh, mashup right, let's do a free-for-all for a little bit um go ahead so even if jake gyllenhaal comes from behind the desk and shows up at the house mm-hmm. for till death I don't want to see it like Jake Gyllenhaal he between Megan Fox's terrible delivery of lines and Jake Gyllenhaal's over delivery of lines in that movie Ooh. yeah I said oh, he it. acted too much is what we're saying now <laughs> he got too into the role he he was too intense and she was not intense enough that cannot play out on the screen it it will just implode like it wouldn't perfect work. balance. I, no, I agree with that. It's like the vibes don't match. Yeah. That's why one would have to be on the phone 
And he'd just be yelling at her, like, you have to get out of the house. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you got to get out of the house right now. She's like, no, no, no. They're trying to kill me. Uh, it's cold outside. That's, that's so annoying. <laughs> I couldn't hang. Oh. Mm. Um, I think with the the Gabriel universe, like I think the it makes sense for you to have that argument because it's like, oh, it's two horror movies, so they go together. I think what I've done is take a thriller and a horror movie and an action movie and an intellectual, like a character piece and bring these two worlds together which I think takes a little bit more skill and nuance than just saying one stabby guys in the movie with more stabby guys, you know? So I think, I think I get a little bit on that. Same with the action thing here. We take one action girl and put her with another action girl. We're like, Oh, it's the universe. What a- twice the action <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> and so it's like, I think I did a more ambitious crossover. So I should get, think about it that's that's ambition you never seen you, like that's basically know, where's the nuance where's the nuance Mm-mm. it's between somewhere between jake gyllenhaal and megan fox the nuance is in there somewhere <laughs> I have a, a spectrum there's a spectrum of nuance. it's right there in the center <laughs> you don't get points for being ambitious and failing Jeez, <laughs> oh, what are you and my nobody remembers when you almost do something exactly wow i think i nailed it i think you just you made the same movie except you're just you're saying the person under the mask is backwards okay and yannick made the same movie but instead he took two little girls and said they're going to fight russia yeah, and mission, I also, mission impossible annie so and annie Mary. we never even really saw annie fight like that in she's got uh, the guns Kate. now though she has like biceps <laughs> yeah, like like glocks she's got guns and, and she's a good shot uh ray's gonna teach her was ray a good shot jason momoa um, was jason momoa yeah as ray sweet girl <laughs> All right, final final thoughts i think ray and annie are just really cute so i want to see them together no annie are you okay no no i'm not (laughs) (laughs) i don't yeah i don't want to see two teenagers take down russia (laughs) china none of them but why'd you say china i don't know why you threw that in there was that a (laughs) can you say one more country just to make it a Germany, I don't know, Uzbekistan. Okay, cool. I don't know. Um, you've been you've been a little racially charged. <laughs> this episode, she's filling in the BJ gap. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, she was like China, Japan. I was like, okay, they can go wherever they want. You know, they can do whatever they want to do. Do um, I need to balance it out and do like other countries, like do Brazil? Oh, it's too Nigeria. Late. It's too late. Now you're just naming things to throw us off the throw us off the scent. We got it. We get it. <laughs> we get it, Mr. Miyagi. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> Slash tainted bloodline. <laughs> tainted bloodline with a black man. That's tough. All right. 
that's uh so that was which round was this so that was multiverse of make sure you vote for who you think won the multiverse category so for our final category um, of the episode we're doing character swap with this one we are taking a character so not the actor actors an actual character from a movie and adding them slash replacing them with into another film that we watched this season um and so we'll just kind of see how that plays out i don't know how this round is going to go so i'm excited oh i think it's me all right so mia um you were you were looking for me to bring up something about malignant and i waited for this moment um the character swap that i have in mind is more of a more of a replacement more of an addition i'm taking gabriel and i'm putting him on the back of natalie's head in love hard Um, I think a romantic comedy with a killer tumor in the back of the head is an unstoppable box office juggernaut. You have not seen a comedy like this. You have not <laughs> seen a horror like this. Hallmark isn't ready. Lifetime isn't ready. Um, Love Hard, the movie goes in crazy directions when you have a, a malignant tumor that can speak through radio waves playing love songs and Christmas music. Um <laughs> That's love hard with Gabriel. <laughs> you gotta have a love scene in there too. Oh, it's gonna that's, be. That's where the reveal is. It's gonna, it's gonna be backwards. Like, why are you upside? Oh my god! <laughs> it's like a reverse reverse catfish. It's like you hit somebody with the reverse Uno card, and then they hit you right back. Like, oh, I have a head on the back of my head. <laughs> Boom. My character swap will be. Uh, to have Kate play the Interpol agent from Red Notice. And that is mainly so that the movie can only be five minutes long. <laughs> because she will handle her business immediately. I like it. <clears throat> All right. So for my pick... I have the movie The Guilty, but instead of the intensity of Jake Gyllenhaal, we have King Richard himself with his <laughs> Louisiana accent oh boy. talking on the phone as people are just frustrated as they are trying to talk to him <laughs> for a full hour and a half. And he's somehow still like only thinking about himself. <laughs> right. <laughs> he always spins it and be like, by the way, I got these two girls. They're going to be the next. But sir, <laughs> my house is on fire. Send help. Open up your stance a bit. Open up your stance. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh, I love this round already. Oh. Uh- <laughs> Uh, so both of these were actually pretty solid. I enjoyed them, so it's hard for me to to go back and forth. Um, I think I think Kate adding Kate to Red Notice would hurt the movie a little bit. Um, I think adding Kate 
would take away from Gal Gadot's performance. You wouldn't have the the strong, like sexy secret agent spy type character because now you have this Interpol lady that does the same thing. Um, Kate does the same thing, but like just more aggressively. <laughs> um, so you would lose kind of that that character because that was kind of all Gal Gadot's character was. So if you add another person that does that plus acts, I think you break the entire film. Um, then on Mia's side, King Richard, I think King, <laughs> King Richard is is great as a casting in The Guilty because I think the intensity is definitely there. But um, I'm not I'm not going to sign off on it unless <laughs> unless somebody calls with the issue and he just farts into the headset. <laughs> <laughs> Because if that happens, then I'll be like, all right, perfect casting. Um, yeah. <laughs> what was yours again? Um, it was the best answer, which was Gabriel on the back of Natalie's head. Yeah. <laughs> that actually, Gabriel on the back of Natalie's head has some potential. Um uh but um i think you need a minute to think <laughs> you said what give me, what? Give me, give me a minute to think <laughs> <laughs> it's too solid it's okay i'll i'll i'll, I'll rebut um the other one first so <laughs> Having uh, King Richard playing um, a uh, what's it called nine one one dispatcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I could do just him the entire time. Like King Richard, it was him a lot, you know, and that was, you know, that was about as much as I could take. But if it's just him the entire time, just that accent, that could get pretty annoying. Um, would it be funny? Would it be interesting? Um, I don't know if if his character works outside of the context of the Williams family. You know, kind of it's kind of just just that. Um, Love hard. Um, what you have is a really cute movie, and by having this uh, demonic tumor by throwing it in there, um, it's like. I don't know. It's like um, shitting on a puppy, you know. It's just <laughs> all kinds of wrong. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that's right at all. I've never heard that analogy. <laughs> I don't think I ever need to hear it ever again. Well, that's what you did. That's what you made me think of. All right. So. <laughs> uh, I just want to go on record saying this category is absolutely bananas. <laughs> This is it. I'll play this all night. Um, so with the, Kate being the Interpol agent, I think I think um, she's she's too good at her job that it makes us question the abilities of The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot's characters, like all of them. Like she would figure it out and we wouldn't get to see any of the heist part ensue. And so 
I, I don't see how that's a more interesting movie because the whole it is a heist movie and so if we put an assassin in there there's no heist um and then going to love hard it it reminds me of like uh stuck on you that movie mm-hmm. and so therefore mm-hmm. it's already been done mm. you know we're we're trying to come up with some originality and i think a louisiana bayou man <laughs> as a 911 dispatcher is something that has never been done and i think there's a lot that could be played out there because everyone's going to be trying to get him to shut up stop talking and the only person that can get him in his place is that black um highway patrol person that will just shut him up and that every time they talk to each other you'll be like looking forward to those moments like there's so much um tension built up because you want to strangle them and then she actually puts them in place and you'll be like oof i want to see where this goes because she's going to keep getting him so yeah i think it'd be an enjoyable experience all right let's uh let's open it up i think Mia, you you said like the stuck on you reference. I think that's it's a bit of a reach. I mean, it's two brothers next to each other, not a murderous tumor <laughs> on the back of a a cute woman's head. Um, that's been, and I think that that helps with the story because when we were watching it, we were like, how do, how is she having such a hard time finding men? Is it because her tumor brothers on the back of her head? And so when she gets to meet people and they get a bit too close, they notice. The guy in the back just like, is Die Hard really a Christmas movie? Like that's 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 good comedy. That's good romance. And I don't think there's been a lot of horror romance movies, horror romance comedy movies ever made. And going to your point where you talked about, you know, that you know this this Will Smith slave accent Louisiana situation was a movie that you know, oh yeah, we, that could work. That could work. Um, I would like to quote a uh, I would like to quote Dr. Ian from Jurassic Park, where it says you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. Okay, and that's not a movie we should make, even if we could, we shouldn't do it. Um, Then Yannick with the Interpol. I think, like I said, I, I think and this works in Yannick's favor based on your argument Mia was that you know Kate kind of breaks the movie where she's she's way smarter than all these criminals she would catch them immediately and I think that was Yannick's point is because he wanted the movie to be over in five (laughs) minutes he didn't want to watch this ever again but for those of us that need a little entertainment I think you need the Interpol agent or the agent chasing them always has to be a step slower to make it into a cat and mouse if you put Kate in there she beats all of those she runs circles around everybody on that team And then you probably get this weird, you probably get even cringier dialogue between Ryan Reynolds and Kate, who's dead serious. And you get Ryan Reynolds trying to wisecrack and you love me. You don't want that. It works with The Rock because he's kind of gone into that niche of letting people do that. But with Kate, you don't want to see a a wisecracking Ryan Reynolds. It's just, it's terrible. I don't know that they had that much interaction, him and the Interpol agent. Maybe she, they did. I don't know. Was she even in? I feel like the Interpol agent was barely in the movie. <laughs> yeah, but if Kate is in there, she's gonna find him, and there she's will be interaction. Be right. Yeah, I just, I just want um her to kill them. <laughs> I want her to assassinate. It was, it was personal for Yanni. Yeah. Yeah. On site. <laughs> On site. Hands. Hands. 
crossover of Gabriel and Love Hard, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is there is there killing or is it just all romantically oh, intense? No, of course, of course, there's murder. Of course, there's so who's murder. getting murdered? Um, Y'all killing the grandma? Don't do it. No, Tag gets murdered. Um, so Tag Tag gets murdered because you come out, you find out that oh this guy isn't who he says he was and Gabriel gets really upset because he's like my sister was really in love with this guy you know but then they start to fall for the um, I think his name was Josh they start to fall for him they they kiss they do a little slip on the ice and he falls but he it's because she falls forward and he falls behind her and he ends up kissing Gabriel on the (laughs) (laughs) and it's like a little meat cute like he just splats into the back of this little tumor Tumor face. He comes up with blood all over his face. <laughs> just like, and they all just laugh there. <laughs> and it's just a little Christmas montage, right? And then I just think the movie is funny. It's gory. Um, just the different situations. Like even the rock climbing scene, I think we fix that immediately because she's like, I can't rock climb. And he's like, don't worry. And then he just climbs up the wall back. <laughs> I would watch that. Let's make it. I think I think that's that's just a win. That's a win right there. <laughs> I, I I got nothing. I got nothing from that. That that's definitely interesting. I think it's interesting. It's definitely traumatizing for both demographics. I think the romance fans will be very traumatized and the horror ones will be like, WTF am I watching? I don't think you're going to get a draw of people because there's the the niche of like, I know you like romantic comedies and horrors, but I don't think, I don't think there's a lot of people in your same market that are going to enjoy seeing those two genres fused. Warm Bodies. Oh, the zombie. Are you, the why zombie are you support? Movie. Why are you supporting him? This <laughs> 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 came to mind, you know. Just have to put it out there. Draft a Yannick to your team. <laughs> I mean, when you pitch something as good as <laughs> is that, and you have those meet cute scenes, I think it's perfect. It just works. Uh, let's do final thoughts and <laughs> we'll wrap it up. I want to I want to know a little bit more, Mia, about why you think uh, <laughs> uh, Will Smith talking like this on the, the radio on the on the phone is going to be. Uh, oh, that's a real intense type of movie I want to see. So the guilty is about a troubled man who has to redeem himself. OK. King Richard is about a arrogant, narcissistic man who is going to redeem himself through his children. It's the same type of person you're just swapping out the roles i think his voice while it is annoying i think it also will keep you engaged because for when i watched the guilty i was falling asleep because there was nothing hearing jake gyllenhaal talk it didn't it just you know it just went in one ear and out the other if i have king richard screaming at me this whole time i'm watching it like i it's entertaining because you're like what 
crazy off the wall banana kkk taking your hood off comment is he gonna throw in here you know <laughs> because he's gonna say something offensive on that 911 dispatch call so i think there's gonna be a lot of moments of that i think um him saving whoever at the end he probably won't succeed he'll probably get fired and i think that'll be you know a different twist on on the movie he doesn't end up being redeemed for kate i just want somebody in the movie who can show these people what real real action is you know they need to learn they need to be instructed on the ways of professionalism in the world of assassinating and heisting kate brings that to the table but she would be the good guy in the movie isn't she isn't she the good guy no but you're like assassinating an action like she wouldn't be killing anybody wouldn't she just be the arresting people person you don't oh want true yeah no yeah we want her killing you're right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we want her killing um yeah, and I'm, I think I've I've kind of just put my stake in the ground of Gabriel and Love Hard. And I'll actually steal this from Yannick. He had a rating that I think works. And I think that's what this movie becomes is die, actually. <laughs> Boom. We're in there. Mic drop. So we can wrap it up. I think that was a good debate. I had a great time. That was pretty fun. It was. It was. Vote for me, y'all. <laughs> it's a shameless plug. <laughs> All right. I say, uh, vote your conscience. <laughs> Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> Always let your conscience be your guy. <laughs> Follow your heart. <laughs> All right. So that was it. That's season two. We've done it. That we appreciate everyone who's been listening from season one, even those who have jumped on on season two. Um, we'll be back in a few weeks, taking a little bit of a break. Uh, make sure you go to the Instagram page so that you can crown one of us the champion of season two's debate. If you like episodes like this, if you want to hear some more, definitely let us know. Send us suggestions. Slide in the DM. Once again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back for season three in a few weeks. More movies, more debates, uh, more ratings. We'll be back. Catch you next time.